0: Well, friends, I want to welcome you to our first ever Discipleship Podcast, where our goal is to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ to our everyday life. I
1: want to introduce our host, Dr. Ron Johnson, Jr. (laughs) I'm just giving the celebratory fist uh, pump, you know. Uh, This is exciting. You know, we were talking in uh, previous times that we've been together on our Facebook Tuesdays and Thursdays, Facebook Live. We talked about the uh, silver lining during this lockdown, and certainly, one of the silver linings for Andrew and I—we've we've talked for years about wouldn't it be great to do a, a radio show, a podcast, uh, do something with the the media yeah. uh, to get the message out? And uh, and so here we are—we're we're, we're going to transform we're doing on Tuesday yeah. Thursday into one a once a week podcast that we will be dropping on uh, online on uh, on Thursdays. Uh, yeah. So anyway, you guys can look for that, but this is part of the um, the fruit of this uh, COVID-19 lockdown, and so I'm excited. Yeah, about well, it. before we move forward, I want to
0: just ask you to kind of clarify, like, what is the vision of this podcast? Who's Who are you speaking to, you know?
1: Well, you, you kind of hit on it in our introduction, where number one, it's a discipleship podcast, mm-hmm. as opposed to a narrow, more narrow leadership podcast, because really our focus or my heart is to equip people. And that's kind of the second part of what you just mentioned, uh, bringing lordship to life. That phrase has exploded in my heart because one of the things about being a follower of Jesus is you you realize that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's yeah. one of the most fundamental uh, beliefs uh, of the Christian faith is that Christ is not just Lord of the human heart. He's not just Lord of, of salvation as a narrow experience, yeah. but, but he is Lord over everything. Yeah. And so this podcast is going to be broad. Yeah. We can talk about a lot of, we, we can address it to a lot of people in a lot of different arenas.
0: Yeah, you and I were just talking. I mean, the, the, the our, our target audience goes from moms who are homeschooling your kids to business
1: executives, right? Yeah. To new believers, to veteran pastors, right? Yeah, and, and why is that the case? You know, why can we be so broad-minded in in our scope? In fact, some people would say, ah, you need to narrow your scope. Yeah. But, but uh, in this situation, we really don't because... Jesus brings authority, and He brings wisdom, and He brings truth to every arena of life. And that, to me, when I first heard that, uh, when I was first introduced to Christian right. worldview at Taylor University, uh, it was it, it was euphoric. I, I remember coming out of class, I would I would find Marion. Uh, we were just dating at the time, yeah. and and I would say, "Oh my goodness, you'll never believe what we talked about today in class," because it was. It was revolutionary in scope to understand that the gospel is not just something that happens on Sunday morning. It's not just you know Jesus in your heart, It's also Jesus in your head. Yeah. And it's the truth that and this is what's radical and I really want this podcast to, to trumpet this truth. It's Jesus Christ is Lord over everything. So he's Lord over the CEO who's trying to function on a day-to- day basis in the marketplace. He's Lord over public education. He's Lord over government. I'm sure this podcast will talk about governmental issues. He's Lord over medicine. He's Lord over psychology and sociology. He's Lord over every single arena of life. And he's Lord over me, and he's Lord over you. He's Lord over the private. He's Lord over the public. Absolutely. And
0: that's why uh, there's nothing really taboo in this podcast, because whatever is under the Lordship of Christ, (laughs) we have potential to touch (laughs) it, right? Which is...
1: Everything. Everything, right? <laughs> so, I really do hope uh, that in the uh, days, weeks, months, years, as the Lord gives us the opportunity, that you're going to find this podcast incredibly engaging. Uh, you're going to find it relevant, practical, hopeful, inspiring, and that's why I need you, Andrew. That's why I'm here,
0: right? You <laughs> <Because> know me because <laughs> I can't. I can't do it by myself.
1: Uh, no, but I do appreciate. It. We've we've heard a lot of good feedback from you that you felt like uh, as Andrew and I sit here and talk back and forth. There's a lot of, uh, of naturalness to it. Uh, it's not forced. It it kind of flows, and, and I do appreciate it because we we we've spent a lot of time together. We yeah. think a lot alike, and uh, I, I hope it will be a blessing. Yeah, we, we have a lot of uh, talking points on our
0: own, so we get an opportunity <laughs> to get to kind of express some of that stuff that we talk about all the time Absolutely. among us out here. So, but yeah. before we get too much into the podcast, you talk about moving forward, how the virus has forced us to move forward. Yeah. And yeah. that's... um. Some of the stuff we've been talking about on Sunday. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Yes,
1: know? very observant. We, you know, we we have talked about this starting Sunday last mm-hmm. Sunday. We started a series called "Moving Forward," and that really, as I was in prayer, just asking the Holy Spirit, you know, Lord, what do you what do you want to say to your people? Uh, you know, we've been in such a season of uh, uncertainty and and kind of a just a weird. Season and it's easy. I don't know about you, but it's easy to lose momentum. Yeah, and uh, I really wanted this series to to help us get back on who who are we, what is our identity, and what is our assignment, and where are we going, and and how do we move forward together. Yeah, and uh and so we talked about courage. You know, uncom- this is a time for uncommon courage. That was last Sunday's yeah. message, uh, looking at at uh, principles from the life of Moses.
0: Yeah, you got a sneak peek for the Sunday?
1: <laughs> sneak peek, yes. Are you ready? We're gonna be talking about, you know, so, so for instance, if you want to move forward in your life, uh it takes courage to do so. You gotta face your fears, uh, you gotta to choose to move ahead. And uh and so what we're gonna talk about this Sunday is simply uh that if we're gonna move forward we have to act. Uh it's we can't just sit back, we can't just get lost in our thoughts or whatever. At some point as leaders, whether we're leading our homes, leading in the marketplace, wherever we're leading, we simply have to have a bias for action. Yeah. You know, when it talks about move forward, uh, you can't move if there's no action, no activity. Yeah. And I think that's where many times people get so paralyzed in the moment. You are talking feel. about inertia. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Velocity. We, we want spiritual velocity right. in our lives. You yeah. know, if you're an action figure and you're moving forward, um, it's hard to stop you. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a passive person or a reactive person, um, you're not going to bode too well in your spiritual walk with the Lord because there's something about activity uh, which, which really is driven by faith that God loves. And we're going to see that from the life of Moses this week. Moses was an action figure. Uh, when he saw a need, he met it. When he saw something that was an, an act of injustice, he yeah. intervened. He did not play it safe. He did not sit back. And you know, I told our church Sunday, this is no new revelation. Yeah. But that our church is not going to be the last church in the game. We want to be the first church in the game. We yeah. want to be the church that takes risks. We want to be the church that moves forward, you know, boldly. Amen. And um, and so I hope you know you'll tune in. If you missed last Sunday's service, it's online. You can access that uh, on our webpage. page. Um, uh, but I encourage you to jump in if you need a, a boost of encouragement or momentum or a word of uh, of exhortation. We certainly gave it last Sunday. And it was just, on, on another note, wasn't it great to be back together? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was, it was definitely an experience. You know, I, I never in my life have been out of church for months or not in worshiping together for months. Yeah. So coming together, it was bringing tears to my eyes.
1: And, you know, everybody, yeah. uh, you know, certainly— Look for the silver lining. We talked about how good it was to be in our homes, kind of old school, worshiping children of Israel in Egypt, you know, in their homes, celebrating the Passover and and all of that. And there's certainly an element, there have been many great silver linings uh, in this, but you just cannot... Take away as the dynamic that happens when God's people are together in the yeah. same place. The worship was off was the charts, electric. Yeah. Oh my so. goodness, he had just the presence of the Lord, and then we all did so good to restrain ourselves from,
0: uh, <laughs> from hugging. I wore a mask for most of service, so I had a little I'm pink, so of had you. a pink unicorn mask. Uh, my, my daughter really enjoyed that. So
1: make sure that doesn't get online. Who, who knows the rumors hey, that will spread with sure. your pink unicorn sure. mask? But anyway, yeah, it was it was just good. great to be together, we'll be. Back together this week as well, uh, nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, yeah. live, but we'll also be live online at both of those times as well. Sure. sure. No, that's good. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. And so moving forward in our podcast, you know, today we
0: want to honor a man who's been one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest Christian mind of our generation. Yeah. Uh, for Those who who know that this week, uh, Ravi Zacharias passed away, yeah. And we wanted to take this opportunity to kind of to really honor him and talk about some of his legacy. Now, I want to ask you, what impact did Ravi Zacharias have you have on you and your
1: ministry and your life and your growth yeah. process? Well, we're you know, we're also a prophetic people, right, in a prophetic church, and I couldn't help but miss the, the irony of the fact that we're launching our podcast. Today, in fact, this is Wednesday that we're recording this. Ravi Zacharias just passed away yesterday, uh, and he was he was just a giant. Uh, you know, I was looking at all the Facebook uh, tributes that people were putting up. I mean, his impact was was wide and large and deep, and, uh, and, and just an intellectual giant as far as somebody who could articulate the Christian worldview in a way that people got it. You know, yeah. and um, and so anyway, I just you know. It, the whole foundation of Christian worldview, Ravi Zacharias has done such a good job of, of of building that infrastructure. You know, if you've been in any of my Christian worldview classes, um, one of the things that we teach. Is that a worldview has to be able to answer four fundamental questions. Mm. You remember that from those days? <laughs> I'm not I mean, gonna put you, you on the spot. On spot. I don't remember one of the one's meaning. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So we talk about origin. Again. Origin. Or, yeah. So origin. origins. Uh-huh. You know, you have to be able to explain how all of this got here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like a really big question yeah. any worldview that's worth its weight has to be able to ex- explain right. origins right. how do you how do you uh, uh, explain how everything's here right. Secondly is what you hit meaning, meaning. meaning. You what's know? the meaning of all of this That's right I mean we're here does, does all my does my existence have any any meaning right. and that's a big question I mean you cannot right. live a life that's meaningless right. and then we said morality and that's oh, something yeah. we're going to be talking a lot about on these podcasts and what's morality? Yeah. What is good? Yeah. What is bad? Yeah. Well, how do I live you know, yeah. what what is good? What is bad? What is right? What is wrong? I right. mean, we, we you can't get away uh, from a normal conversation without even an atheist employing our language because right. an atheist is, is still right. saying, well, that's wrong or that's evil. Or, who are you to who are you to judge right. me? I mean, there, we use all this um, morally right. laden language, you know, but the foundation of that is, is their truth. Right, the the basis Right, ultimately, yeah, yeah, how do you know what's right or wrong? Now we're we're talking about what is objective truth. Mm -hmm. And then lastly is uh, destiny. Mm -hmm. And destiny deals with what happens after I die. And while most people don't like to think about that for very long because it's threatening, especially if you don't know Christ, these are great questions. How did everything get here? What's the purpose of it all? Is there any meaning? How do I choose to live my life in terms of rights and wrongs and do's or don'ts? And then lastly, where is all of this heading? Mm-hmm. Um, those are four questions Ravi Zacharias pointed out that have been—it um, provides a framework yeah. for me. You know, when you're talking to a non-believer, uh, instead of going straight to the gospel, instead of going straight to Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross, right. many times people are defensive against Christ and what Ravi Zacharias— taught me was that you know the gospel does not begin in John three sixteen the gospel begins in Genesis one oh, verse one. In the beginning God created. And so if we'll ask questions uh instead of making statements. In other words, that's another thing I learned from Robbie. You know, before you try to to share your your worldview yeah. with somebody else, why don't we begin by helping to exploit, so to speak. Yeah their lack of world view and the way that you do that is by asking questions so listen
0: to them and actually listen there you go
1: i mean and and what you realize is that if you ask somebody a question like hey you know well how do you base your morality like like how do you make decisions about what's right or what's wrong yeah and and he asked that question well then you just let them talk and you realize many people have not thought all that much absolutely (laughs) they don't have much to say no but if but here's the point if you let them you know, kind of come to the end of their yeah. uh of their knowledge on right. that issue or come to the depth of their lack of a worldview, then they're much more willing to listen to what you have to say. It's interesting because, you know, even in our
0: higher education, top elite colleges, rarely are they pushing people to answer those four fundamental questions for themselves. You know, they, they might push some worldview on you, but to challenge the the students to ask, to answer those four questions. You know, know, we think of a biblical worldview, I think a lot of times people are so uh, overwhelmed by that or they're intimidated by that. But I think that's a great starting point. Just focus on those four
1: questions. And in Christianity, we answer those four questions concisely in a very satisfying way, right? And that's the point. Every worldview that's worth its weight has got to have legitimate answers to those four questions. And then the second thing, you know, that that Ravi would often say was that, those need to cohere. They need to come together. Right. They need to, to fit reality. They need to make sense. Uh, you cannot have some crazy, out-of-the-box answer to these right. questions that, that doesn't fit reality and that doesn't logically hold together. And so what, what what Ravi helped do for me, uh, as well as other great thinkers, but we're, we're obviously honoring him today, is he gave me confidence that what I believed made sense. In yeah. fact, that it made more sense than any other worldview. In and, and fact, he was always challenging us, you know what, if you, if, if you can find a worldview that fits re- reality better, that fits the dimensions of our lives better, yeah. then you're a fool not to believe it. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is nothing makes more sense than the Christian worldview and, and and here's the challenge I would leave for our listeners today the challenge we have in life is to it's not that there's the answers are are not there that our faith is inadequate no our faith is very adequate and the answers are there what's missing is our willingness mm-hmm. to engage in the hard work of rolling up our sleeves and learning the riches and understanding the depths of our Christian worldview—that's no, good. And that, but isn't that exciting? Yeah. If you knew, though, hey, what we believe is true. Now go dive in. That's one thing, as opposed to man. I sure hope I'm not wasting my life believing a bunch of garbage. <laughs> right. You know, right. and, you know. No, it, our worldview can stand uh, in the face of any opposition and any test. In fact, it's done so for millennia. Right. So why should we worry that it's not uh, intellectually adequate for the challenges? <laughs> tax on our
0: Christian faiths. Are Not new, they've been a Christian faith has been attacked for since since the beginning, since Christ, amen. amen. And 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 tell I tell you what, the thinkers back then are a lot more rigorous than the thinkers now, so <laughs> they,
1: they had a lot more quarantine time, they had and a lot, a lot more, more time. They didn't have Twitter and
0: TikTok to distract them, so those yeah. thinkers tack with everything they got. Yeah, but Christianity held up to the scrutiny. It's interesting because you know, I went through some. Um, Evangelism training, especially when I was trained to be a missionary, and they talked about importance important a pretext to evangelism. Yeah. You know, if I'm sharing a gospel to someone in the Midwest, they might know who Jesus is. Yeah. Well, at least maybe a couple do. years ago. But in our culture today, more and more they need what we call pre-evangelism, yeah. which is, you don't jump straight to Jesus. You need to talk about whether there's ultimate truth. You need to talk about whether there's ultimate reality first. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Zachy, Zachy, Um. Uh, Robbie Zacharias. Robbie Zacharias. (laughs) I can't say his name. Combine both first and last name together. um, Bring to the table is he helps you with the pretext to be able to get into that that postmodern worldview first to kind of uh, integrate into that first. You you
1: know, you're looking to build bridges with people. You're looking to find common ground. And that's why I shared Sunday. I, I enjoy doing a funeral because... At a funeral, everybody there shares something in common. Yeah. We're currently alive, but every one of us will die. So you get to the question of destiny. You know, why not ask somebody, "Hey, what hope do you have at at at, at your death?" You know, what hope do you have after death? Do you believe that there's hope after death? And if so, in what do you place your confidence? You know that's a that's a great question. You're not being preachy. Right. You're not opening up the scriptures and you know beating the Bible over somebody uh, beating them over the head with the Bible. No. You're simply asking a question and probing what is the foundation of your hope. And boy, Ravi Zacharias did that with such wisdom, but also with such grace.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because common ground. It doesn't matter how divided we are. If we can find that one tiny common ground, that's where we can build a case for for relationship and evangelism and love, which is very interesting. You know, you mentioned uh, Rabbi Zacharias and just the grace, uh, the truth, the combination of truth and grace that he delivered when he spoke. You know, I listened to him talking on YouTube or other other media about some of the most controversial
1: subjects yeah. that literally people are banned left and right. And, and, and you know, on Facebook has, has coarsened our, our conversation sure. and social media in general. Absolutely. And so, I mean, people say the most, you know, vicious, nasty, cruel things on on social media. And and as you pointed out, Ravi Zacharias never did. Well, I was watching
0: these. I'm like, oh, I wonder how he's gonna articulate around this thorny topic that you can easily get in trouble for. And he just delivered in such a graceful way. I'm like, wow, like he delivered uncompromising truth but with such grace and compassion that uh, no one will, will be able to ban, ban him or, or say anything right. bad about it because of, the, of, of just the
1: balance he presented I, that. You know, how kind he was. You know, I, I have here one of my favorite quotes from him. He said, if truth is not undergirded by love, it makes the possessor of that truth obnoxious and the truth itself becomes repulsive. Yeah. I like, thought, wow, you know, when we're nasty, when when we're out to win arguments yep. instead of winning hearts, Um, even the truth we have can become a club and we use it to beat people over the heads. And, you know, Jesus wasn't about winning arguments. He was about winning hearts. And I think that's what Ravi Zacharias did so well. He he, was always, he always treated you as somebody made in the image and likeness of God, even if you and your ideas were vehemently against us, even if your approach to his truth was nasty and yeah. aggressive and mean. He never responded in like fashion. He let the, And this is the beauty of truth. He let the truth speak for itself. It's like when Jesus was with the woman who was uh, uh, being ready to be stoned, and all these people were there to pronounce judgment on her, this woman caught in adultery. And Jesus just simply said, hey, we all realize she's guilty. Whoever is without sin, you guys be the one to throw the first stone. I mean, what he did is he took truth, he applied it, Gently, in the context, he laid it back in their laps. And we all know the story. They were convicted in their own hearts. They knew they were sinners. They dropped their stones, and they started walking away. And all who were left at the end were Jesus and this dear woman who uh, he said to her, Now, look, your accusers are gone. Not go and sin no more. He he didn't yeah. he didn't stop speaking the truth. Right, like our, so many in our culture want to do today, they want to just drop the truth. Jesus never dropped the truth. He was concerned about truth because truth liberates people. Truth helps people stay free. Um, but he did it in such a way that it was full of love, and he always treated the individual with dignity and respect. And I,
0: what I liked about him also was when he spoke to thousands of people it was as if he's speaking to the one person who yeah. needed the truth. You know, sometimes when you speak to one person versus the crowd, you use different voices. Yes. And he, in his gentle way, when he speaks to crowds, hes I feel like he's talking to me. He's talking to one person, you know?
1: And talk about uncommon courage, you know? Yeah. He jumped into the most hostile settings, university campuses, yeah. where you've got these folks who have been trained to hate God and to hate Jesus and hate anybody yeah. who, who brings that message of, quote, truth. And, and, uh, and one of my favorite stories, because you're talking about speaking as individual, yeah. uh, he's up giving one of his presentations. And a young man, this was, I think, in the Philippines, screams out, interrupting his presentation. He said, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And I've got the account here printed out so I don't mess it up. But Ravi Zacharias stopped what he was doing. He turned and looked at that young man as an individual. Mm-hmm. And he said, you don't believe that. And the student yelled back, yes, I do. And Ravi said, no, you don't. And he said, I most certainly do. Who are you to tell me that I don't? And then Ravi said this, Let me re- uh, then repeat the statement for me. And he said, everything is meaningless. And Ravi Zacharias said, please remain standing. This will only take a moment. <laughs> I assume that you assume that your statement is meaningful. If your statement is meaningful, then everything is not meaningless. On the other hand, if everything is meaningless, then what you have just said is also meaningless, and so in effect, you have said nothing. At that point, he said the students started repeating what he had just said to him. Wait a minute, if everything is meaningless then what I just said is meaningful, therefore my statement is full. I mean, his, his head yeah. was just swimming, but everybody else clearly understood that, that Ravi just dropped a truth bomb. And yeah. what he did was he took a little ounce of truth and it completely blew up that young man's worldview because he realized if everything is meaningless, then for me to say anything blows up my worldview, because at that point, I'm believing that what I'm saying is meaningful. I wouldn't be saying it. And so in other words, if you don't believe in meaning, then just be quiet. And that's been something that has exploded in my heart. All these people that are fighting against truth are really fighting against meaning itself, and they can't even speak without making a statement which they assume is true. Yeah, if you
0: truly believe that nothing has meaning, you. Why would you even get out of bed? Yeah, and you certainly wouldn't open your mouth and say anything. Yeah, you wouldn't take risks. You wouldn't create anything. You definitely won't advocate for anything because it's all meaningless anyways. There, there are some sects of Buddhism in which um, they truly commit themselves to the concept of nothingness. Uh, there's a big banner. They write the, the word wu in Chinese, which means nothing, and they meditate upon that. But you know what? They're consistent. Because you know what they do? They hail in the cave where they go to the monastery. They, right. they cut themselves from everything. They yeah. don't go and publish. Can you imagine this monk who's, you know, all about nothing and publishing himself on Twitter yeah. or yeah. Facebook? It'd be like, okay, you're not really be consistent with your
1: worldview. Like, I am meditating on nothing right now. Everyone watch me. It's like. Or how about this? The person who comes out with a new book entitled Everything is Meaningless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are we going to buy it? Read all about it, right? Yeah, read it. No, all about meaninglessness as yeah. i tell you i write a meaningful book on right. meaninglessness <laughs> yes.
0: uh, i made so much money on that book about meaninglessness
1: but but isn't that yeah. was that's what's beautiful about truth it, and that's why we need to fight for truth you cannot get away from truth and one of the things that Ravi did is he was a he was a a a, a prophet, a, a, a truth teller. He was on on, on a crusade yeah. uh, to uh, declare truth because truth, when it's understood, even truth in and of itself has a sense where you, where you go, oh wow, I've just been captured by truth. Like this young man, he at yes. that point he realized the issue, and, the, and as that story goes, just to finish mm-hmm. the story, that man realized at that moment that. No, he was hungering for meaning. He was longing for meaning because he's made in the image and likeness of God. Right. And, and he could. the issue was not that meaning does not exist. The issue was that he had not yet found meaning. And as the story goes on, Ravi says that young man came later that night or the next day to a church service that he was conducting. And I love this. He came and he gave his life to Jesus. And he found meaning for the first time in his mm-hmm. life. But he found it because this man, in such a gentle but yet powerful way, Communicated um, that meaninglessness is not an option. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it doesn't fit reality. And what I love about
0: the gospel is meaning, meaning,
1: the essence of meaning is
0: not uh, some theory or some um uh, some Abstract. deep wisdom. Yeah, Meaning is a person. Yeah. It's Jesus. Yeah. So the encounter with meaning not just fulfill our intellectual need, it fulfills the deepest heart desires uh, the deepest desires of our hearts you know yeah. the emotional need that we have and that's why i feel like we can communicate meaning in such a personal way and not yeah. just the intellectual way that's good but the relational way Yeah, and that's deep that, that is deep. deep that is deep Yeah. one so. last
1: we would be remiss if we didn't tell one more story no, this is a good story <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and why don't you tell it uh, and I, I can jump on board but yeah, it, and you, it, you you it came to your mind and i was like yes we got to talk about yeah, it yeah i actually
0: heard the story from pastor ron he found the he found the the, the website that cites the 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 so he was Zacharias went to, I think it was the University of Ohio, and uh, there was a building, uh, architectural building that was designed based on postmodern ideals. Right. So it was not your typical building. It's no meeting, no meeting. No there's a door, as a stairway to no nowhere, yeah. or a door that opens to the wall, or just right. just really <laughs> abstract and 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 essentially he was talking to the guy, and he's like, so basically you're saying this building is. Found it on uh, lack of meaning, right?
1: Yes, he said uh, the architect said that he designed this building with no design. Oh, with no design in mind. It was all meaningless, random chaos. The building was capricious. Um, He said, Why should our buildings have any design and meaning if life itself is meaningless and capricious? So he has pillars with no purpose, stairways that go nowhere. He has a senseless building built. and somebody has to pay for this thing. Yeah. And Ravi says, so his argument was that if life has no purpose in design, why should this building have any design? And he asked the guy, is that correct? Uh, and the guy says, yes. Uh, and Ravi asked this question. This is so good. Did he do the same with the foundation? <laughs> because obviously this building, this meaningless building would not be able to even stand. It would be a bunch of rubble if right. the foundation was not built in a meaningful, yeah, purposeful designed, purposeful, <laughs> as any builder, right? right? Like, you can put all this cosmetic
0: stuff all on the outside, meaningless, meaningless, but, hey, the foundation without meaning, good
1: luck with that. <laughs> that building, uh, that foundation is square, it's deep, yeah. it is built with Certain precision. under the
0: ground That's right. to
1: make sure it, yeah. Because if it's not, yeah. That entire edifice is going to come collapsing. Yeah, and, and, and the, his response was met with silence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, At that point, the architect had to think for a minute. And you know, we talked about this, and hopefully, this is what this this podcast will help to highlight. Is you know, we live in a world that's all about the exterior. It's all about uh, surface beauty. It's about you know the, the the stairways to nowhere. You know, that's really cute. You can do that when you're uh, when you're doing that above ground, but you can't build stairways to nowhere below ground. It can't be part of your foundation. And if it is, you're going to have nothing but a pile of junk and rubbish. And that that's what life is apart from Jesus. That's what life is apart from the Lordship of Christ and understanding his authority. Yeah. That's what you have. If you have a life without truth, um, you have a mess on your hands. And and uh, I just want to read a, a quote here in closing. This is one of my favorites. In fact, uh, this, this book changed my life. Uh, it's one of the earliest books that Ravi Zacharias wrote called, Can Man Live Without God? And, uh, and he says this, and I'll I, I leave you with this, or we'll leave you with this this morning. Can man live without God? Of course he can in a physical sense. But can he live without God in a reasonable way? And the answer to that is no, because such a person is compelled to do the following. They're compelled to deny moral law, to abandon hope, to forfeit meaning and to risk no recovery if he is wrong. Um, There's some profound consequences to rejecting Jesus and rejecting his truth. Uh, You're gonna live a life, as he said, this without meaning, uh, and people can't live a meaningless life. You're gonna live a life without morality. You're not gonna know how to live, what's right or what's wrong, and eventually that kind of life destroys you. Mm -hmm. You're gonna live without hope. And I think the last one is uh, incredibly powerful. If you're wrong, if you, if you reject God and you're wrong, there's no recovery and there's no hope for you uh, because you have rejected ultimate reality. And the Bible is very clear um, that when you reject Christ, you're damned to a Christless eternity. That's what hell is. It's an eternity without truth, without love, without meaning, without purpose, without morality, without beauty, without all the things that Jesus brings to the world, yeah. uh, that's what hell is. And uh, and nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants to spend an eternity uh, in a world like that. That's why we need Christ. That's why we need truth. And and I, we just honor Ravi Zacharias today for the way in which he contributed to the cause of truth. And that's really our desire in this podcast, is that we uh, would also leave a legacy of making our contribution to proclaiming Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. Will you pray with us today? We're just excited to dedicate this podcast and whatever comes down the road to the Lord and uh, and to the cause of truth. So Father, thank you for the chance we've had today to honor your great servant. We know that he has received his reward, and Lord, we're excited about someday joining him uh, and the others who have blazed a trail for truth. Most of all, Lord, we honor you. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we declare that you are Lord of all. And Lord, may these podcasts, uh, in the days and weeks ahead, as you give us the opportunity to create them, Lord, may they bring you glory, and may people discover the beauty that's in the person Of Jesus, who's the author of truth, the way, the truth, and the life. You know, if you don't know Christ today, we encourage you to take a moment right now. Just repent of your sin. Invite Jesus into your life. Just say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to experience life to the fullest. That's what Jesus promises. And if you'll cry out to him today and you'll invite him into your life today, this is the beginning of a complete transformation uh, of your life, which is what Jesus is all about. Make sure you communicate with us. Uh, Call here at the church. Let us know, hey, pastors, we heard that podcast, and we want to follow up with you. We've got a gift for you to help you grow in your walk with God, uh, and we'll be able to follow up with you, all right? So on behalf of my colleague here, Andrew and myself, uh, we're glad you could be with us on this history-making moment, and pray that you'll tune in uh, each week as we Uh, Bring the Lordship of Christ uh, to light. All right, we love you. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time. All right, bye bye.